Welcome, Welcome back on the Chris Mathis podcast. I'm your host, Chris Mathis, joined by my brother, Spencer Mathis. Turns 21 today right here on the podcast. So uh, wish him a happy birthday at L Savage Spence on Twitter. And Instagram is just L Spencer Mathis. Check him out on both of those social medias. But today, big time show for you guys. A lot of NBA talk, some NHL talk, as well as we advance to the next round of those playoffs. And then round it out with our next Talk to Him Tuesday. I shouldn't say next. We might have one between now and then. But a Talk to Him Tuesday solidified for late June, early July. And it's a pretty awesome guest. We'll have more on that here near the end of the show. So stay tuned. Don't click out of this. You guys do not want to miss it. But talking some NBA playoffs, player of the week. Mine goes out to Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, who dominated in that series against Milwaukee, a seven-game series. He had 28 points per game in that series, six assist or six rebounds per game five assists per game and then in game seven in which they knocked the bucks out he put up 23 points six rebounds and eight assists again talking about boston's jason tatum he is my player of the week right here on tcm pod yeah jason tatum with another incredible series advancing them to the next round i've got to go with luka Doncic here he put up 31 points per game so far in the playoffs with an average of six assists and 10 rebounds yesterday in game seven against the Phoenix Suns. He put up 35, had 10 rebounds, a little bit unusual, just four assists for him, but he is the best playmaker in the league right now. And I think he's going to give them a real shot to defeat the Warriors in the next round. As we get into the heart of the podcast, a shout out to our sponsor of the big three, the big three ticket items right here on the Chris Mathis podcast. Brought to you by Information On Demand, pre-employment background screening services. They're offering fast, accurate, and affordable background screening services. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, E-Verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, Information On Demand, pre-employment background screening services has you covered. You can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you the information in just eight hours or less. That's right, eight hours or less. Let them take care of you guys Information on demand. They're fast, accurate, and affordable pre-employment background screenings. Give them a call today, 855-914-4636. Check out the link in the description or visit informationondemand.net as they bring you guys the big three. And, of course, NBA playoffs continue on Tuesday as the Boston Celtics take on the Miami Heat. Going to be a great series there. Um, I think it'll be cool to see who can come out on top in the East because it's going to be a tough matchup either way who they'll take on in the Western Conference with Dallas and Golden State. But in this series, I'm going to have to go with Boston. I like Jason Tatum a lot. I'm going to stick with my player of the week. Um, I think it goes six or seven games. Jimmy Butler is going to be there ready to go for Miami. It's going to be a good competitive series, and I don't think that either team just runs away with this series between Boston and Miami here on Tuesday. Yeah, it's basically going to be a series of Jason Tatum versus Jimmy Butler. It's going to be a great series. It reminds me of the early 2010s whenever LeBron first went to the Miami Heat. This would be a series that you saw in 2010, 2011, and 2012. And, of course, Miami won most of those, at least two out of three of those. But in this series, I'm going to have to go with the Celtics. I think Jason Tatum and his supporting cast has done a great job. Tatum averaging 28 points per game so far in the playoffs. But Jimmy Butler, on the other hand, is also averaging 28 but I just think the Celtics are a better defensive squad they're going to be able to shut down Jimmy Butler and I've got the Celtics in this one I think it's going to go to six or seven I'm going to say Celtics and six 
It's been a pretty close series between these two teams this season. They've only played three games, uh, but it has been pretty much a split. One team, of course, has a 2-1 lead. Boston leads the series against Miami 2-1. Celtics went 1-0 at Miami, and then the team split their games in Boston. Uh, I think, obviously, injuries are going to play a, a key into this. And looking at the Heat, point guard Kyle Lowry will not be ready to start the series. He has a hamstring issue. But Miami went 4-0 against Philadelphia without him and uh, 0-2 with him trying to play while uh, trying to overcome that hamstring injury. So if you look at the numbers and uh, looking at the track record, if he's not 100% and you're trying to force him, don't. You're 0-2 when you go on without him and move on as if he's not going to play the series. They are 4-0, and hopefully that'll bode well uh, for the Miami Heat. But Kyle Lowry, obviously a guy that you want out there. He's got a lot of playoff experience, a lot of playoff experience from Toronto uh, just a few short years ago, uh, and even to have him on the bench will be very, very beneficial for Miami here in this playoff run against a very prominent Boston Celtics team that's been in the playoffs year in and year out since I was a kid, really. Yeah, Celtics and six. Celtics and six. Okay, I'm going to go with, I don't know, I think six or seven, but Boston will win that series. Moving on now to Dallas against Golden State. Steph Curry against Luka. Spencer set that one up on the tee just right. These two guys are going to be basically the uh, storefront, the lead-in for this series. And uh, Steph Curry, where is he going to pull up from? Can he score 35, 40 points a night? He doesn't need to because of his surrounding cast, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. But Steph Curry, obviously an X-factor any given night. Can Luka carry his team to a series and beat a team that's already been in the playoffs, they know what it takes to win. They've got a healthy Clay Thompson back this season. Do you think that uh, Golden State wins this series? If not, how can Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks run away with a victory here in this series, Spence? I mean, Luka's a stud. He's one of the best players in the NBA. And if you're a if you're an Atlanta fan, I think you've really got to be kicking yourself because they did draft the Hawks, did draft Luka, immediately traded him for Trey Young. Trey Young's a guy that you put on a team that already has a bit of a cast and he can maybe elevate you to championship status. Luke is a guy that can be near by himself. He's got he's got a couple of decent surrounding cast members on his squad, but he controls the entire flow of the game. He'll he'll take the ball down all the way until there's three seconds left in the shot clock, dish it out, or just do his little step back that he does so well. He's a good range shooter, but the thing in this series is I think if any team has a chance to knock out Luka, it's this right here. I think the Warriors are going to knock off the Mavericks in this series. I think Draymond Green can guard Luka for a good 10 minutes a half, and then you've got Wiggins that can also guard Luka a little bit. So they, they have a little bit of lead way here with how like who can guard Luka in this series. A lot of teams just assign one guy to him, and Luka will cook him. These guys can switch out interchangeably. So I think the Warriors do have a really good shot to defeat Luka. I'm going to say Warriors in seven in this one. Luka's going to have to play near perfect if they want to win this series, and I just don't think that's going to happen with the amount of – I think they're going to have to double-team Luka every single game, at least half the game. He's 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 their offense, and I've got, I've got the Warriors with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Wiggins. I think they're a better team. Yeah, and fortunately for Dallas, they only are without one player, and that's Tim Hardaway. He is out uh, with a foot injury. And then Golden State, uh, obviously, gay, uh, day-to-day with Andre Iguodala and his neck. Otto Porter 
Uh, game time decision with a foot issue. Gary Payton has been ruled out for this game on Wednesday, and James Wiseman is uh, out for season with that knee injury that he had a few months back. But again, it's going to come down to can Luca carry this team, and if he's unable to, can his teammates step up and uh, take advantage of any pass given to him? Because in a game like this, Luca is going to be for sure ball, ball dominant as if he's not already, but he has to be in this situation or else they're going to be out in, in four or five games. So Luca yeah. will be the takeover guy, the X factor as expected. And I think it'll be fun to see Steph Curry and Luca go head to head. And uh, Steph Curry averaging fewer points than Luka Doncic this season. But that doesn't say too much because, again, as you said, uh, Steph Curry has a better supporting and surrounding cast than Luca does. And Luca has less experience. What is he, 23 years old and putting up huge numbers? Um, so we'll see how everything shakes out with this series. I'm going to go six games. Warriors prevail over Dallas in this series. Uh, it'll be Dal or it'll be Golden State against Boston in that championship here uh, in a little over a week, in my opinion. But either way, I'm not a diehard NBA fan, so I'm excited to see whichever team wins. I think that both teams are fun to watch when it comes to the Warriors and uh, the Mavericks. I would like to see the Warriors out, although I do like Steph Curry and uh, his game and whatnot, even though they haven't been back to the finals in quite some time or they haven't won a ring in quite some time. They had a very dominant, what, four or five-year stretch where they were in and out of that finals every other year. And that little run right there kind of you know, made me tired of Golden State, of Steph Curry, just like the New England Patriots until Tom Brady left uh, New England and came to Tampa. I was not pulling for Tom Brady to make another uh, playoff run or a Super Bowl appearance. So that's kind of my take on Golden State. Um, I think they are by far the better team. They probably will win this series. I'd put money on Golden State to win this series. But I'm just tired of Golden State getting in there, even though it has been a little bit, a couple of years since they did. And obviously, Clay Thompson has been hurt with uh, some ACL injuries over the last couple of seasons. He's healthy. It's fun to watch Clay. That guy is super fun. Uh, one dribble, pull up and shoot type guy. And, uh, I think it'll be cool to see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson almost back in their prime, if you will, if they can stay healthy throughout this uh, playoff run and maybe make another title run. Yeah, one guy left uh, on the planet, humanity on the line. If he misses this shot, humanity's over. The humans are over. You know who I want? I want Iguodala. I want Andre Iguodala. Yeah, I mean, he's been clutch. He's been clutch, but he's kind of uh... – Game time decision right now with that neck injury. So we'll see if he's a go on Wednesday as Golden State takes on Dallas. Who do you guys have? Tweet at us, TCM underscore pod, your predictions between the Boston Celtics and the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday. And, of course, the Golden State Warriors – or, no, correction, uh, Boston Celtics against the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors against the Dallas Mavericks. Tweet us at the Chris Mathis at L Savage Spence before you hop right in. To this uh, playoff hockey talk, down to the final eight teams. We're talking Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, New York Rangers against the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Calgary Flames against the Edmonton Oilers. Spence, take it away with our first series taking place on Tuesday as the Tampa Bay Lightning take on the Florida Panthers in the Battle of Florida at 7 p.m. Yeah, look, if you haven't been watching NHL playoff hockey – then push your rock off of you, get from out from under that rock and turn on your TV and watch playoff hockey. I mean, we've had a couple of game sevens. It's the best 
It's the best game seven atmosphere in any sport, hands down, better than the NBA. You saw both the blowouts on Sunday night in the NBA. So the NHL playoffs are the best type of playoffs. And this is a battle of the big cats. You've got the Florida, you've got the Florida Panthers versus Andre Vasilevsky, the Tampa Bay Lightning goalie. It's going to be a good series. Last season, this series went to seven games. The Tampa Bay Lightning ended up pulling it out from under the Florida Panthers. But the Florida Panthers this year are a lot better than they were last year. They're the top goal-scoring unit in the league through the regular season. They put down Ovechkin and his Capitals uh, in the first round of the playoffs. So this is going to be a good series. And I've got the Lightning in this series in seven. It's going to have to go to seven, and the Bolts are going to have to win it in Florida. It's a battle of Florida. I've got Tampa Bay coming out on top. Yeah, Florida averaging four goals per game, first in the league. Tampa Bay not too far behind at 3.48 goals per game, which is tied for seventh in the National Hockey League. Also, with Florida scoring so many goals, they have the most shots on net per game, 37 shots a game. The Lightning just 30 shots per game. And then looking at power play percentage, uh, Florida 24%. Lightning just a little bit behind, 23.9% on the power play. Uh, Face-off percentage, Tampa Bay does edge out that feat, 50% compared to 48% for Florida. So I think it'll be interesting. I do think that last year's Lightning team was more consistent. And in that case, Florida still took them seven games, even though Tampa Bay did prevail. The Lightning were more consistent last year, and Florida was able to take them seven games. I don't know. You guys heard me say it last week. I think that the Lightning got past Toronto. They did. I said six games last week. They went to seven. Tampa Bay won two to one over the weekend to advance here against Florida. I have Florida and the Stanley Cup, which means that Florida beats Tampa Bay in this series if Tampa Bay is not consistent. Now, if Tampa Bay is consistent, they are the best team in hockey from top to bottom. When you look at goal scoring, the averages of numbers and the star talent on offense, a defense that when they're on their prime, playing at their best, Victor Hedman, they are stacked, and then Vassy in the net for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You talk about Big Cat against the Florida Panthers. There are a lot of Big Cats. If Tampa can be consistent from game one all the way through the series, they're going to win this, of course. But one slip-up, I think if they have one bad game to where you're like, was that the Lightning that we expected here in this playoff run? I think Florida wins, and I don't expect Tampa to play great for six or seven games of this series. I unfortunately do have Florida winning this series in seven. I do think it goes to seven, and as you said, it's going to be played in Florida. Uh, fortunately for Tampa Bay, they did win on the road against Toronto in a hostile environment with some fans that were really upset and crybabying over the weekend when they lost to Tampa Bay after they choked once more in the playoffs. But I think that Florida will have the advantage of this game. And uh, as you said last year, seven-game series, Tampa Bay against Florida this time around. Can Tampa Bay stay as consistent? Tampa Bay is without Braden Point for the foreseeable future, uh, and we'll see what happens with that injury. It's kind of a – I want to say it's more of a game-to-game type injury right now for Braden Point. I don't think anything official has come out, but it's more – it's not necessarily a day-to-day. Yeah, well, I've got, I've, got the, I've got the lightning in this series in seven. The next series that we're going to be talking about is the St. Louis Blues – versus the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche have one of the best offensive defensemen you're ever going to see. Wayne Gretzky said this guy is going to end up being one of the best offensive scoring defensemen in league history. Just the way he can move, his name is Kale Maker. He leads the playoffs so far in points as a defenseman. That's everybody. He leads everybody. They've also got Nathan McKinnon on their squad, who 
had four goals in the first series there. The Avalanche were the favorites coming into the playoffs this season, and I've got the Avalanche defeating the St. Louis Blues. The Blues are a good team. They've got a good defense. But if that defense doesn't hold up, I've got the Avalanche in this one. And with Avalanche's ability to go two ways, go both ways with their defensemen, they play up often, especially with Cal with Kale Maker. I've got I've got Colorado in this game in six in this series. Well, we saw last week Colorado swept Nashville, made it look easy peasy. And right there in the middle of that series, I predicted that they would pull off a sweep. I think that the Nashville Predators were down 2-0 or 0-2 in that series against Colorado. And then I saw Minnesota against St. Louis, and I said Minnesota would win in six games. Minnesota did fall short against the St. Louis Blues. I thought that the Blues were going to be knocked out last series. I think that the Blues get knocked out this series as Colorado is a very dominant program. They're very fast. They're physical, too. Um and they're a lot of fun to watch. I think the Colorado does prevail here in this series against the St. Louis Blues. Again, I know Paul McBride listening right now, upset with me probably about to text me if he hasn't already. But um, I don't know. I just don't see. Now I do hope for Tampa Bay's sake that you know Colorado does fall short to the St. Louis Blues because I think that if Colorado gets past this team, I'm not sure you know, what team will be able to knock off Colorado until it comes to that Stanley Cup in which I have the Florida Panthers prevailing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great series between those two squads. Our next one is the New York Rangers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. This series is going to go to seven. I'm calling it right now. Uh, two really good squads, the Rangers winning in game seven against the Penguins a couple of nights ago. The Hurricanes didn't have to go to seven games, but the Rangers have a great goalie who did fake an injury once in the playoffs. Shesterkin <laughs> is a stud. We we can't go with that. I mean, he had a 2.07 goals allowed against this season. Uh, he went 36-13 and 13 with six shutouts. And so far in the playoffs, he's been pretty good. He's had some games where he's given up four or five goals. But if the Rangers can put up, if they can produce how they've been doing on offense and just play a little bit of defense for Igor, I've got, I've got the Rangers in this series over the Hurricanes in the East. So I've got the Rangers versus the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Championship. Yes, Benson, how many playoff games to this past series for the Rangers did they go into overtime? I know for sure Sunday night, and then in the first game of the series too, they went to triple overtime? Yeah, they went they went three overtimes. Three total. overtimes. So these guys have played a lot of hockey. As much as I want the New York Rangers to prevail, they have played a lot of hockey. If I'm not mistaken, Carolina has not had to go to a – overtime period uh, last series. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, at the same time though, you can say that New York has been tested a lot more because again, they've put the overtime period three different times last series against Boston, um, right? Against Boston. Yeah. So I, I did have the Rangers winning the last series, but I didn't think it would take all of game seven and uh, into overtime for New York to beat Boston. So, therefore, I'm going with the Carolina Hurricanes winning this series in six games, Spence. Um, I'm not surprised either way. I would like to see the New York Rangers prevail because I absolutely hate Carolina. But, I don't know, all that hockey, there's a lot of wear and tear. Uh, I'm surprised that they don't have too many injuries. They've got Barclay Goodrow out with a lower body injury, and then they had a player go out on the IR earlier this season. Carolina Hurricanes, looking at their roster, they've got a hip injury for Jake Gardiner. And then uh, Frederick Anderson, day-to-day. -day. Jordan Martinuk, day-to-day -day as well. So 
I don't know. I'm going to go with uh, Carolina prevailing here in six games against the New York Rangers, which leads us into our next matchup, Spence. And you talk about Battle of Alberta, Edmonton against Calgary. Yeah, the Battle of Alberta, Canada. This has been a, a series that's been going on since the 1980s when Gretzky was with the Oilers. I mean, this is going to be a great series. This one is going to Game 7 as well. I think three out of these four series are going to 7. The only one that I don't think is going to go into Game 7 is the Blues versus the Avalanche. But in hockey, whenever you're in the playoffs, you really don't want to have those rest days that the Avalanche had. And they had a lot of them. They've been off for a week. They swept their last opponent. They've got to play the... Uh, the Blues, who just came out of their series, so they're they're still ready to go. You don't really want to take a lot of time off, especially with these day-to-day injuries that every single player has at the moment. You, you just want to keep going so you don't feel it as much. But in this series, the Battle of Alberta, Canada, I have to go with the Flames in this series. And the reason that I'm going with that is because if you saw last night's game with the goalie or Sunday night's game with the goalie of the – Dallas Stars in Ottinger, who had 64 saves on 67 shots. They lost in overtime with five minutes left. The shot right over his right shoulder. Just an unfortunate shot. It's always those weird angle shots that go in in overtime. Once a hockey game goes into overtime, if there's not a goal in the first five minutes, the worst shot is going to be the one to win the game. And I think that Calgary is going to be able to defeat Edmonton in this series. I know Connor McDavid, one of the best players in the league right now, uh, probably at top three in the league for me overall that's defensemen and wingers and centers included i've got to go with calgary in this series in the battle of alberta i think it's going to go six or seven i'm going to have to say six in this one no i got to go seven seven for the battle of alberta uh and i've got the flames winning it over Connor mcdavid's oilers yeah this one's gonna be a lot of fun to watch Connor mcdavid is uh one of those players that even if you don't watch hockey, you know Connor McDavid because he's always on the highlight reels on ESPN. He is a human highlight reel. The way he shifts with the puck on a stick is it's next level. I don't know of anybody that can move quite like he does. Not. Uh, and he's shifty with it. I got to see him live here in Tampa a few weeks ago. I'd say a couple of months ago at this point, probably uh, seven or eight weeks ago. I got to see Connor score two goals in a matter of five, six minutes. Made it look so easy, swift in between the defenses. His upper body can move unlike any other. I don't know. He's able to, you know, kind of shimmy his uh, shoulders a bit and throw you off with the way his hips are moving and where he's skating with a puck. But as you guys heard me say last week, I had Edmonton and this Stanley Cup. And in order to get to the Stanley Cup, they have to get past the Calgary Flames. So Edmonton and the Stanley Cup, the Flames are going to lose this series. I'm going to say seven. Yeah, I think three of these series are going to seven, and there's always a possibility that the Avalanche Blues series can go to seven as well. Like I said, with the rest that the Avalanche have had, they're not a rare, they're a bit of an experienced team. This is their window. This is their year if they're going to go win. They're set up a little bit for the future, but you look at the New York Rangers, who are a very young squad. That's that game's going to go to seven versus Carolina. Uh, I don't know if the Rangers are really going to pull that out. I've got the Rangers winning it, but a young squad that's going to be even better next year. They'll, they'll definitely be competing for the Stanley Cup. But I think three of these games go to seven. I've got the Lightning. I've got the Rangers. I've got the Avalanche. And I've got the Flames pulling out these series. So it's going to be great. you got to watch playoff hockey. If you want to see some game sevens that are not blowouts like you saw in the NBA uh, on Sunday, I mean, both of those games were over 30-point gap at the end of the game. And you saw Jason Tatum – 
absolutely dominate. You saw Luka Doncic dominate. You saw the Suns star Devin Booker put up like five points in the first half total combined with CP3. So NHL playoffs are something you've got to tune into, and they're on all night long, starting from 7 to 10 for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and you just did a recap of your picks for this round of the state playoffs. This week, check them, or not state playoffs, NHL playoffs. I've got Panthers beating the Lightning. I've got Avalanche over the Blues, Carolina over the Rangers, and Edmonton beating Calgary this week. But again, for those of you that have never watched a hockey playoff round, how would you sell them to do so, Spence? Because I think this is one of those sports, you said it earlier in the show, that a Game 7 for hockey is much more different than a Game 7 for NBA and I think that the hockey format, the playoff format for hockey, is the best of all sports. Oh, 100%. And as Game 7s go, I've got it ranked in this order. I've got NHL, then I've got baseball playoff Game 7s, and then you've got NBA Game 7s. So turn off Ooh, your NBA yeah. game, get on Twitter. It's If it's, say, you're still awake, it's like 11 p.m. If you see Twitter, you hit refresh, and it says, hey, Lightning Panthers are going into overtime. Tune in now. Click that damn link and tune in because – that game is going to be amazing. And even if you don't watch hockey at all, a hockey overtime, just the atmosphere alone with the crowd's reaction on every single shot, every single save, I mean, it's it's un, it's unbeatable. It's the best in any sport. Yeah, and also with hockey, it's fun to keep up with on Twitter too. So if you're unable to watch every single game, there are a handful of Twitter accounts that retweet a 10-second goal and you watch that one clip and you hear that crowd go crazy. And uh, the teammates' reaction when they score, when they give up a goal, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's a cool experience. And if yeah. you've not ever been to a playoff – or not even a playoff game, a hockey game in general, you're missing it. I think that the atmosphere at a hockey game is the best of all pro sports. And that says yeah. a lot because football, NFL, is by far my favorite overall sport. But when you talk hockey, when you talk going to a game, I'll take hockey all day. I'll also take the hockey playoff format – all day because it's a lot of fun and teams and players go through hell to get from game one, hopefully to game five to game six or seven, stay alive. And then at the end of the day, no matter how bad they got beat up, no matter how many teeth were knocked out, they still go to that handshake line at the end of the series and dap each other up. And it's like, they don't have any bad blood for each other. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Kind of, it's in, yeah, it is interesting. It's kind of cool. No, it's the best kind of weird too. Because in baseball, you have handshakes for the winners. You hand For some reason, you go out after you win a baseball game in any level and you, you handshake your own teammates, which is a, a little bit odd. But after a game seven in playoff hockey, just looking at the players, speaking to the opposing goaltender, if this game went into overtime like last night with the Stars and the Flames, I mean, just that, that handshake line took 15 minutes because everyone was congratulating Ottinger on the performance that he had. I mean, second most saves all time in a game seven, and they ended up losing the game. I mean, hockey NHL playoffs are the best. And if you're an Atlanta fan, continue to pray on the downfall of the Winnipeg Jets, and maybe you'll get the Atlanta Thrashers back and be able to experience this in person. Yeah, I would hope so if I'm an Atlanta sports fan. Obviously, they've been able to have a uh, soccer team there, Atlanta United, yeah. and they sell out a lot of games. I know uh, for a while there, they sold out years worth of home games I think two consecutive seasons worth of home games that might be the case still today I, I don't really follow uh, pro soccer but I'm just saying if you're able to hop into that sport and really get into it have your friends go with you it's one of those sports that once you've been to one hockey game you want to go back as many times as you possibly can and I can't say the same for other pro sports 
No, you can't say the same. Even for NFL, I'm the biggest NFL fan there is. I've got the NFL just above hockey, but a hockey playoff game edges out an NFL game. A hockey game in person edges out an NFL game. Just the crowd's reaction after a goal or an amazing save is 10 times better than a touchdown. I mean, unless it's a game-winning touchdown, you're not getting the same atmosphere that you feel in a hockey game. So tune into the NHL playoffs. Cheer on the Tampa Bay Lightning as they defeat the Florida Panthers in seven, starting on Tuesday, May 17th, which is today. So go tune in, 7 p.m. Yeah, no doubt. It'll be a lot of fun to watch these playoffs unfold. And uh, moving on now with our other big news here on the Big Three, brought to you by Information On Demand. Our friend Joseph Mancuso has been on the podcast twice now. Had a rookie minicamp tryout with the Indianapolis Colts last weekend. Uh, said it went very well. And uh, obviously, it's just the start of many things for Joe Mancuso. I want to make note, as the recording of this podcast, he did not sign a contract. He simply had a rookie minicamp tryout. But all good things there from what I heard from Joe. And uh, I really like his situation if he's able to sign there. Because you look at the Colts, they've got Matt Ryan, and the rest is truly up for grabs. Sam Ellinger, they also have Jack Cohn from Notre Dame, and then James Morgan on the roster, too, who was undrafted. So... It's not like if he did sign with the Colts, he's in a situation where there's two backup quarterbacks with five, six, seven, eight years of being in the NFL with all of that knowledge of a game plan, of the playbook, of how it, you know, and what it takes to be a pro. He's there with younger guys. I think the oldest quarterback on that roster besides Matt Ryan is 25 years old. Joe is, I believe, 24 years old. So uh, to hop right into that situation, Fingers crossed he signs with the Colts. If not, this situation will lead to another door, which will lead to another tryout, and we'll see what else unfolds. But I would monitor our Twitter accounts for this news because, again, this is one of those stories that can change by the time you're listening to this segment of the podcast. Joe could be signed. Joe could have a tryout with another team. You don't know. So check out TCM underscore pod on Twitter to keep up with the latest news. We make sure to tweet out all that stuff, especially if it's a guest, a friend of our show, we're going to give all the love, all the recognition to that person uh, and cheer them on no matter where they go. Even if they go to a team that we dislike, uh, we're going to be pulling for that team. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's the opportunity to get your foot in the door as an NFL quarterback. And if he did good, I think either way, the scouts that are at the Colts practice are going to tell other teams, even if they don't want to sign them. They do have a couple of young quarterbacks on the roster. But if Joe Mancuso showed out how he can play, I mean, It'd be awesome to see him signed by the Colts. Maybe another opportunity for the preseason. I think he's going to get an opportunity to play somewhere in the 2022 preseason. But moving on to Cole, uh, to Joe Mancuso's favorite NFL squad, the New Orleans Saints re-signed Jarvis Landry to a one-year $3 million deal. Well, not re-signed, but signed Jarvis Landry to a one-year $3 million deal with incentives, which is wild because Landry was offered $9 million by the Browns, which is a million-dollar paycock pay cut from what he was making last season, but he ended up going to the New Orleans Saints to have the opportunity to play with Jameis Winston, the quarterback of the Saints next season, even with this Drew Brees news saying that he could unretire and play football again. I'm pretty sure the Saints ownership would say, hey, we don't want you here, buddy. So, yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston, along with Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and now Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara, if he's out of trouble after that Pro Bowl incident, they're going to be a great team. Their defense is also stout. They've got Demario Davis, Cameron Jordan, still a stud, even though he's like 34. And then they they also got Tyron Matthews. So if you're looking for a dark horse MVP candidate to place your money on this season, I'm putting all my money down on Jameis Winston. I think 
this guy's going to put up 4,500 plus yards, 35 plus touchdowns. And as long as he can keep his interceptions under 20, he's got a legitimate shot to win the MVP this season, especially with the same schedule, which since they were second place in the NFC South last season, they're going to play second place teams all season long. They're going to have an easier schedule than a team like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have MVP caliber quarterbacks as well, or Aaron Rodgers uh, Packers. So New Orleans Saints are going to be a great team this year. Jarvis Landry got to New Orleans. He's from LSU. He took a $7 million pay cut basically to go to New Orleans to play with Jameis. And that, that team's going to be very good. And maybe tying this back into Joe Mancuso, maybe he could go have a tryout with his, uh, his favorite NFL team in the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, no doubt. Of course, uh, Joe Mancuso, as you guys heard in our first interview with Joe right here on the podcast, he grew up a Saints fan. So uh, that would be a crazy opportunity, but I know that he's excited for any team that wants to ink him a contract and uh, he'll give it his all no matter what city it is, no matter what team, no matter who the coach is. Uh, But you talk about the Saints. Jameis Winston as a a dark horse MVP. The thing is with Jameis, He doesn't have Sean Payton there to help him out, and that's a huge X factor, in my opinion. Sean Payton was, you know, a lot of reason for all those victories over the years for the Saints. That offense was always deadly no matter what, no matter who was on the roster. Even with Taysom Hill at quarterback, sure, Taysom couldn't throw the ball very well, but the game plan from Sean Payton's point of view always adjusted quite well, and he was one of the best, if not, yeah, he was top three head coach in the NFL, in my opinion, uh, just behind Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick, which Belichick kind of on the downswing right now, uh, looking at his track record and his moves as of late, his roster moves. But I'm not sure. Dennis Allen, a head coach, defensive-minded head coach, what can he do for Jameis Winston? Well, I mean, if you look at the New Orleans Saints over the past couple of years, their success has come from their defense. I mean, the Saints' defense has kept them in games these last couple of years, even with uh, – I don't even remember who they had. Trevor Simeon was their quarterback for seven games after Winston's injury. And they ended up, I think, with six or seven wins, which is pretty good if you have Trevor Simeon behind center. So, I mean, I think Dennis Allen is going to do good enough with Jameis Winston. And whoever their offensive coordinator is is going to have to help Jameis. But he's basically had a year and a half off. He sat one year behind Drew Brees, played six games last season, and then got that injury that put him out for the rest of the season against Tampa Bay. But I really do think Jameis Winston is going to have an incredible season. I don't care who his head coach is. I mean – even with Bruce Arians, who there was a lot of rumors that they had some sort of rift, even though Arians came out of retirement for Jameis Winston. Winston put up 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, also threw 30 interceptions. But I, I, I think Jameis Winston's going to have a top five NFL quarterback season this, this upcoming year. Yeah, you talk about a dark horse MVP. I think he'll be the comeback player of the year. And dark horse MVP, he might be like fifth. And MVP voting. But I do think that uh, Jameis could win and more than likely will win comeback player of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. So, and he's in a tough division when you look at, well, I shouldn't say entire division, but you look at the Buccaneers, a team that made it to the playoffs two straight seasons. Tom Brady's back. Fingers crossed that Rob Gronkowski is back. I bet he is, but time will tell. Gronk is definitely uh, delaying his announcement to come back or to retire and uh, milk that and I don't blame them because if you come back now, you have to show up. You know, they want you to show up to all those trainings and summer workouts. Whereas if you wait until another couple of weeks, you're getting, you're able to uh, dip out on those and do your own thing for a little while. 
Yeah, the Bucks and the Saints are both going to be playoff teams next year. The NFC, NFC South bottom dwellers are very weak. you got the Carolina Panthers always having a ton of injuries, don't know who their quarterback is. You've got the Atlanta Falcons that don't really have anybody besides the new guy they yeah. drafted in Drake London. Their defense is all right. A, uh, A.J. Terrell is a pretty good cornerback, but you don't know who their quarterback is going to be. It's going to be Mariota. They're going to probably go 7-10 seven and seven and, uh, ten if I had to guess, so – I mean, the Saints and the Bucks are both going to be in the playoffs just based on the fact alone that the NFC South is not what it once was. Sam Darnold, the quarterback of the Panthers as of now, he's seeing ghosts. Uh, they drafted a quarterback, Matt Corral, in the third round. We'll see if he has a shot to get playing time. And then there's rumors that Jimmy G could end up in Carolina. If that's the case, yeah, Carolina would move on from Sam Darnold. So that would be a tough stretch there. But you just never know. As you guys heard in the beginning of the show, we were going to shout out our next official Talk to Him Tuesday guest, and that is, of course, Gabby Carrier, Director of Marketing and Operations at Fresh Tape Media. There she is with Team USA Olympics. She's on the right. She does an awesome job. Basically, Fresh Tape, they do a whole bunch of studio setups and uh, marketing for big events like the NFL Draft, the NBA Draft, NHL Draft, All-Star Games, Pro Bowls. The whole nine yards. Here they are doing an interview with James Harden. They're setting up behind the scenes with James Harden. Uh, and she is the director of marketing and of operation there at Fresh Tape Media. And she'll be joining us here late next month, early July. I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, we'll definitely make a big deal out of it. But it's going to be a lot of fun because that's a lot of work that goes into that. And you see some of that stuff on TV during the draft day, uh, during the Pro Bowl. And you think, oh, wow, that's neat. Well, we're going to talk with her about how that's done, what creative juices flow into coming up with that idea, how it's come about, who takes the photos, who promotes it, how they even get their foot in the door. That's coming up with Gabby Carrier here in the next month and some change. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I mean, you've seen, you see like a lot of trailers of NBA players, like ads or whatever you, you want to see, like on TV as an advertisement. You see like Luka Doncic videos maybe she could be maybe she's one of the creators of that i saw whenever uh who was it whenever Jokic won the mvp for the second year yeah. in a row i saw their their instagram posts that they had just got done filming him uh in that same in this same season so i mean she's been around a lot of star players uh nba players nfl players she was at the pro bowl she was at the nfl draft she's everywhere i mean it's it's an awesome field to get into and i can't wait to see uh, what she has to say about being there in person with all those superstars. Yeah, Gabby Carrier again will join us here on the podcast in a month and some change for Talk to Him Tuesday. Uh, but yeah, I saw a couple of videos where she's directing Patrick Mahomes at the Pro Bowl, where to throw a football, how to spike the football. And it was cool. I mean, she's up close and personal with these guys. And I'm sure she gets to see a side of the athletes that you don't see on media or, you know, in the public eye. Yeah, and to close out the show, I got to go with the Boston Celtics, the Golden State Warriors, Tampa Bay Lightning, Calgary Flames, New York Rangers, and who's that last series? Who's going to win the last series? Edmonton. You got oh, no, Edmonton. You already no, I didn't. Carolina. Nope. What's the last series? I don't know. You don't know the last series? Lightning, Panthers, Blues, Avalanche, Rangers, Carolina, Hurricanes, Edmonton, Calgary. This is a setup for Paul McBride. Paul McBride, your squad is getting taken down 
in five or six games by the Colorado Avalanche. 